to just spend a little bit of time talking about Holy Spirit. A couple thoughts. Number one, you can know a lot about someone without actually knowing them. You can know a lot about someone without actually knowing them. You know, for instance, I know a lot about Justin Bieber, and you do too. You know, he's like, he's so dreamy to some of you, and he can sing, some of you think. And others, you know, it says singer. Um, born March 1st, 1994, he's got brown eyes. He drives amazing 458 Italia, the Ferrari blue, just beautiful. He, uh, he had a pet monkey, you know, and uh, he writes different, different songs and and there's lots of stuff that we know about him, but if, we, if he came in here today, he wouldn't know me from anywhere, right? It's like there's not, just because I know about him doesn't mean we know each other. And so often that can happen as we study the word that we learn about God, but we don't actually get to know him. And so, you know, there's a part that we said last week, our desire is that you would get to know him. That being said, you can get to know somebody by learning about them as well. It helps in that. It helps in the conversations. You know, when you were like in high school and you're like, you wanted to date that girl or date that guy, and you're like, I don't, I don't know, what are we going to talk about? And you start asking their friends, hey, what are they like? You know, what kind of, what's their favorite band? And, you know, what's their favorite store and whatever else? You know, maybe what's their favorite color if you're like grade three? Uh, but whatever it is, you try and find stuff so that you can talk to them, you know? And so it's that first conversation, not like, so you like stuff? You know, you try and find out what it is to, to, to get that conversation going. And that's our hope today is that as we learn about Holy Spirit, you'll see and recognize him more often in your life and have those chances to have conversation because you know about him. The, 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 the other side of it is true. When you don't know about somebody, conversations can go off the track so fast. When you start talking with somebody and then you mention the wrong thing. And all of a sudden, they stop talking to you, and it's done. You know, that can happen in spouses, with spouses as well. You mentioned that embarrassing moment they had from way back when. Now, we're not talking for the rest of the evening. You know, or you mentioned past boyfriends. Then you're not talking for the rest of the week. You know, it's like these, these things that, that stop conversation. And, you know, it happens in our lives. Unfortunately, it happens publicly as well. You can go home and check on YouTube. Just Google awkward interviews, and you'll find, like, hilarious stuff. I want to show the videos, but I couldn't this time because it was just too awkward. But in this clip, um, Kathleen Gifford is interviewing Martin Short on the morning show. And as she's uh, talking to him, she begins talking to him about, about his, uh, his wife. And she's like, you guys, you and Nancy, you guys are so close. And it's like, you guys have one of the, you know, the best marriages in Hollywood. And he's like, he's smiling. And, and then she says to him, you know, you know how, how many years has it been now? And he answers, you know, 36. And, and she starts saying, you know, and you guys are still so madly in love. How's, how's that possible? And he's like, oh, maybe because I'm cute. And, and then, you know, and, and they, she keeps going on. Uh, talking about this, not realizing that his wife died two years earlier. Oh, yeah. Awkward conversation the moment she realizes that happened. It's like if she had only taken some time to get to know about this person, she would have realized and never had that awkward conversation or have to apologize. And for sometimes for us, it's like in these things where we're like, we're, we're listening for God's voice and we're wanting to hear, but we don't know enough about him to know how he would speak. And so you end up finding these weird things or finding like signs and, and things that, you know, it's not him speaking. You're like, wonder, well, why did God do that? shared it before. We had a guy who, um, he was coming to our marriage classes, and then as he was here at the marriage classes, he was like, I just don't really know that I want to marry this girl. And I was like, uh, this is a good time to decide whether that's going to happen or not, right? And uh, especially if it's not, and he's like, yeah, I really don't think I'm supposed to marry her. I'm like, okay, we got to have this conversation then, because I, I got to book that day for something d different. But as we were talking, 
And so should he, right? But as we were, ta- as we were talking about it, um, he's like, you know, okay, you know, I'll tell her. And now it's like, okay, and then let me know how it goes. He calls me back, and I get the phone call. I'm like, I know how this is going to go. And I pick up the phone. I'm like, hey, how you doing? And he's like, yeah. He says, you know, he says, I went home, and I prayed about it. And I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, I, says, I just asked God. I said, God, give me a sign if I'm supposed to marry her. And I was like, oh. And he says, and I was driving down the road, and I passed this church, and the sign said, get on your knees and pray. And I knew that was a sign I was supposed to marry her. And I'm like, you idiot. <laughs> Like, that's not, a, that's not a sign to get married to somebody. That's just a sign, you know? And, and thinking, this is, how, this is how God speaks, because he doesn't know enough about God to realize that, that, that God's not going to talk that way. Weeks later, he figured out that he still didn't want to, and doesn't matter if God gave him a sign, he called it off. But it's in this idea of learning about Holy Spirit can help you recognize his voice, and that's something we want to talk about. And today, in one day, we're not going to be able to tell you everything about him, that's, we just want to give you the spot where it's like the tip of the iceberg. You're like, ah, I want to know more about him. So here's a couple thoughts. A couple thoughts about, about Holy Spirit. Number one is this. He's about the relational before the sensational. I thought that was pretty good. I made that up. He's, he's about the relational before the sensational. You know, many people's understanding of Holy Spirit, when they hear about Holy Spirit, they think gifts, they think miracles, they think feelings, they think power, they think manifestations. And, you know, for some, they're like, we got to get back to the book of Acts. You know, that's the church. It's got to go back to the book of Acts. And we need more of these the signs and wonders. And it's true. We do. But there's a part of the book of Acts, as you read through the whole thing, that even the early apostles didn't just trust Holy Spirit for signs and wonders. They trusted him for everything. As they were going through, through, their, through their life, it was this daily um, relationship with Holy Spirit. There was things where they had to replace Judas because he was no longer there. And they needed another person to join the 12 so they would be 12. And uh, they began to pray and say, Holy Spirit, who is it? And he, began, he showed them who it was. As they were, they were walking um, through and saying, you know, uh, what are these new churches going to believe? And they, they would say, well, Holy Spirit, what do you think we should tell them? And it says they wrote down, it seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit that you would do these four things. Just seemed good to them and seemed good to Holy Spirit. They just had that relationship with him. You know, it's, it, in sharing the good news with others, they were just dependent on Holy Spirit to help give them the words to say. When they stood on trial, they were just like, you know, it wasn't this thing of, you know, give me signs and wonders to prove it. They just said, God, give us the words to say, and they would speak what Holy Spirit put on them. They would, they would trust Holy Spirit for where they were supposed to go next. And they would also trust Holy Spirit when he said, no, don't go there next. But God, we want to share the gospel with those people. And he's like, I know that's a good idea, but not now. Not yet. And he said, I, I want you to stop. And we're going to talk more about that in a couple of weeks. But if your understanding of Holy Spirit is only in the realm of signs, wonders, manifestations, you miss out on the most important thing. Because he's about the relational before he's about the sensational. Acts chapter 8, we can see a story of it. Story of Simon. There was um, when Jesus' followers, uh, the disciples, after, after Jesus left, there was incredible persecution for them. And so there's this man named Philip, who's one of Jesus' followers. He left Jerusalem, and he headed off to this place called Samaria, which was a miracle in itself, because the Jews and Samaritans hated each other. But Philip had this new message of Jesus Christ. It was about loving others, and he went to the unloved people. And as he went there, he began sharing. There's a, this, the, there was, it says they saw many signs and wonders that he did, which was incredible. And as they were drawn to that, they heard his message of, of Jesus Christ and forgiveness and salvation. And, and many people began to believe what uh, Philip said. And it says this in Acts chapter 8, verse 9. The story takes a, a little turn. It says, a man named Simon, who had been a sorcerer there for many years, amazing the people of Samaria and claiming to be someone great. Just remember those words for a minute. It says, 
Everyone from the least to the greatest often spoke of him as the great one, the power of God. They listened closely to him because for a long time he had astounded them with his magic. So he had these signs, he had these wonders, he had things that astounded them, and they paid attention to Philip. But it says, but now, or to, um, to Simon, he says, but then, but now in verse 12, the people believed Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. And as a result, many men and women were baptized. And Simon was actually one of the people who believed he saw that and he was baptized as well. And then after Philip had shared this message, he sent word back to Jerusalem that, hey, guys, people in Samaria, they're, they're receiving Jesus. They're receiving salvation in this message. And so Peter and John travel from Jerusalem down to Samaria, and they begin to pray for people to receive Holy Spirit. Because that hadn't happened for them yet. And as they're praying for them to receive um, Holy Spirit, here's what happens. Verse 18, when Simon... The sorcerer saw that the Spirit was given when the apostles laid their hands on people. He offered them money. He offered them money to buy the power. He says, let me have this power too, he exclaimed, so that when I lay my hands on people, they'll receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter replied, may your money be destroyed with you for thinking that God's gift can be bought. He says, you can have no part in this for what? Your heart's not right with God. Your heart's not right with God. What's Peter telling Simon? He's saying, listen, he's clarifying with with the people and with Simon there that a heart right with God, relationship with God is more important than this idea of having the power, having the feelings, having this ability. And, And for some, some people see Holy Spirit as an object. He's like a feeling, and he's like a, a power. Of, he's mystical, signs, signs, wonders. It's this thing we can't, we can't touch. It's kind of out there. And yet he's saying, listen, I want to remind you that it's about relationship. It's always about relationship first. You know, for some that say, I need more of Holy Spirit, you know, that idea that he's an object and you can get more of, of him, we got to be careful with that sometimes because, you know, as you think about any other relationship, you know, I can't say I want more of my wife. I'm connected to her. When we said I do, she gave me all of her. I gave her all of me. We can get to know each other more, but you get the whole package when you get that person. It's the same with Holy Spirit. He lives inside of you. For some in the church, we found, you know, this idea we, our, our focus gets away from him because we don't see him unless we see the physical stuff. And so we get our attention drawn to, like, spiritual gifts. And for so many, you hear it so often, I just wish I knew what my spiritual gift was. If I knew, you know, what God's, what God's gift in my life was, how he worked, then I could, I could do, I could serve, I could be. And, there, you know, there's nothing wrong with taking gift tests. And they're out there. There's these things where you can find out. And yet, what so often happens with us is we get, just like Simon sometimes, it becomes about that gift. And this is my gift. This is, what I, this is what I do. And he's saying, you know, we need to focus on relationship with Holy Spirit. And you'll see the power working in your life. But if you focus on the gifts, it'll take you in the wrong place. See, with Simon, as he was so focused on the, on the power, it was like he wanted it to be all about Simon. He was a great man, and now I could have this great power, and it could be all about me. Simon's theme song, if he had one, would have been that song from way back, you know, that dance music, I've got the power. You know, that thought of this, this, this thought, and, and so for each of us here, nobody can ever judge anyone's heart in this. This is only simply for each of us to judge our own, to look at our own heart and say, do I really want relationship with him, or do I want the things that surround it? And with Simon, Peter reminded him, saying, it's about relationship, Simon. It's not, it's not about the, the power of the things you see. Holy Spirit manifests his power to draw others to him. He never manifests his power to draw people to other people. 
He's never going to manifest his power so that a person looks glorified. It just doesn't happen. That's not what he's about. He'll manifest his power so people see that Jesus is real and Jesus is alive. And the gifts, and we're going to talk about gifts in a, in a while. They're not actually gifts given to us, but they're manifestations of Holy Spirit's power that bring glory to Jesus each and every time. Because it's always been about relationship with him. Matthew chapter 7, verse 22 to 23, like, well, you know, that's just a story in the book of Acts. Well, Jesus said the same thing. And, you know, for some of you, this is like the scariest verse in the Bible. You know, as you read through, as a, if you've been to Sunday school and you read this, it's like this verse can be scary. It says, it says this on, on Judgment Day, which is coming for each and every one of us. It says, on Judgment Day, many, so not just a few people, many are going to say to me, Lord, Lord, we what? Prophesied in your name and we cast out demons in your name, and we perform many miracles in your name. We don't even have to see the next slide to know what it is, because so many of you know it's that next one that says this, but I will reply, what? I never knew you, and get away from me, you who break God's laws. I've never heard anybody share that voice smiling, (laughs) so I figured I would. You know, you think about that. What is Jesus saying? And for some, you know, followers of Christ, it's like, ah, this is a scary thing. What if, you know, what if, what if, what if? And, and it's kind of been meant and, and used that way. But Jesus is simply saying to the, to the people, he's reminding them, it's about relationship, not about the works you do. I want to know you. If you know me, there's going to be all kinds of stuff that happens, but I want you to know me. He's just simply saying relational trumps sensational. And, and so as you look at, at some of this, we know it in our own lives. Jesus doesn't just want relationship with people who just want something from him. I mean, we all know what that feels like, right? You have people that just want to be your friends because you have lots of money. I mean, I don't know what that feels like, but, you know, some of you, you know, they, they just want something from you. You know, they, they call you when they need to borrow stuff, and that's the only time you hear from them. You know, or you have friends, you know, and maybe in school because you're connected to the right group. So they want to be your friend, but you're just their wingman, right? They just, once they got into the cool group, they don't need you anymore. You know, or you have friends just because they have benefits. I don't know what kind of people are here this morning. But, you know, it's just that idea of they just want something from you. And that, you know, it's, it's, we know that. That's, we, those are not the relationships we desire. You know, kids and parents, it can happen in, that, in that, those relationships as well. You know, as your kids grow up and they become teenagers, what's the thing? Dad, I need Ding! Yes! Dad, I need money. And, and then we, and they, we as parents are like, well, I need you to go clean your room. And then later on, it's like, Dad, I need money, right? And we're like, well, I need you to take out the garbage. You know, you find your kids, I need you to get a better attitude. You know, I need you to get a job. I don't want a job, Dad. I just need money, right? And it's just this thing of we come to one another and we kind of cross paths only when we need something from each other. John Bevere wrote about in his book is, uh, about being a dad. As he wrote about it, it's just like registered something on the inside of me as well. There's nothing more precious than when your kids come up to you and they're like, Dad, can you just snuggle me? It just lights you up on the inside. Dad, you know, can, can we just talk? Dad, can I tell you about my day? Dad, can I tell you for the 10th time what happened when I was jumping on the mattress? Sure, Max. You know, Link the other morning gets up and he, we're just sitting there. I'm just like, I haven't even had a sip of coffee yet. And he brings me this p- picture. And he's like, Dad, I invented 100 superheroes. And I know all their names. Want to know them? I'm like, oh, it's breakfast. I'm like, oh, 100 superheroes that he invented. Oh, man, you know, half of them are going to be about poop. I know it. I just like, I just don't, I just don't know. I'm like, yeah. And by 30 or 40 in, I'm like, yeah, you know, just spending time with Link. I'm thinking, I probably does this so he doesn't have to eat his oatmeal. But he doesn't have to eat oatmeal for the rest of his life if he just shares those moments. Because it just lights something up on the inside. And it's the same thing with relationship with, with our Heavenly Father. 
thinking about that, Dad, I just want to be with you. Dad, can we just talk? Can I just tell you about my day? Just that simple relationship with him. It's what it was all about and it is all about. It's all about relationship. Why is relationship so important? Here's some thoughts for you. Relationship is so important, number one, because you become like those you spend time with. You become like those you spend time with. Number one, you begin to sound like them. It's funny because we had some Canadians go off to England. We've had Canadians go off to uh, uh, Australia. They're relatives of mine. And they come back with an accent. And you're like, you're Canadian. You know, we've had people go, it's just because they've been around them that they come back with that, that accent. We've had people go to Jamaica for a week and come back, hey, man, you know, and like, yeah, it's a week, you know, that's like definitely, not, but, but even you with your buddies, you know, you got this lingo with your buddies that, that you guys have this, like, these, these phrases that nobody else knows what you're talking, but you know, and you have those things that you, sh- you sound like each other. So number one, you sound like them. Two, you spend time with people, you begin to look like them. And you're like, what? Scientific study actually is crazy. As I was researching this, I was like, this is, a, this is amazing. Blew me away. But 25, a 25-year study finished in 2012, started in 1987. I hope that math works. But uh, they found, they found that, that, that they were test, uh, doing a study on married couples to see would, would they look more like each other physically after 25 years. And, and they measured it, and they just showed them the, the, all those couples that they studied and said, which ones do you think are still married? Which ones are happily married? It was crazy because the happily married people looked the most physically like one another. Their faces had the same things. And, and they explained why. You can look it up. It's amazing. But it's called the convergence of appearance. It's where they begin to look similar. And as I was researching, I'm like, ah, oh, there's got to be couples online. I actually saw, you know, this couple, and I'm like, yeah, you know, there's me and Beth. And like, 10 years. Uh, and then there's this couple right here, which is like, you know, they're smiling. Because they, but they, there's similarities. And, and it actually happens here at date night. The other night, Charlie and Sharon were wearing the same, uh, same colored outfits at the, at the cafe. I want to put their picture up there, but I'll just tell you, it happened. You know, but this idea of hanging out together, it's the happily married couples that look the most like each other. But the other thing that was crazy is it, it matters. It didn't matter if it was just a, a spouse. It was like whoever you hung out with too much, you began to look like. I found this, too. I was like, well, look out. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then my absolute favorite, you know, Trump and his cat. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> you, you wondered where the inspiration came from, right? But you begin to look like those you hang around with. I know that's funny, but don't miss the point. You begin to look like those you hang around with and spend time with. You begin to act like them, which is probably the most important. It says, uh, this quote says, you become like the five people you spend the most time with. So choose wisely. You become like the people you spend the most time with. The five people. Who are those five? Huh. Uh-huh. For some of you, this is the best thing you heard today. You're going to go home and you're going to get new friends. You know, it's like, I don't really know that I want to become like them. Who are the five people you spend the most time with? Choose wisely. First Corinthians talks about in the Bible as well. Paul wrote to the Corinthian church and he was talking with them. He's saying, you're hanging around with these people who say all these things. That, he says that Jesus never said. And he's like, you think you can just hang out with them and it's going to be okay. He, he says, but don't be fooled. By those who say such things, because bad company corrupts good character. You stay there long enough, you're going to start believing what they believe. You, you listen to what they're saying long enough, you're going to start saying the same things, and it's going to draw you away. He says, just don't, don't, don't uh, be fooled by that. He says, the, the opposite is equally true. You see in Proverbs, it says in Proverbs 13, verse 20, walk with the wise, and you become wise. Walk with the wise, you become wise. We know that every leadership training se- seminar says the same thing. 
You want to grow? Go with people that are uh, further ahead than you. Find people that have, that have um, you know, developed different gifts and strengths in their life and learn from them. You spend time with them, you're going to grow uh, towards where they are. And associate with fools, it says you get in trouble. And I thought about that. You know, it's these things of who we hang around with. We begin to sound like and look like and act like. I love this in Acts chapter 4. As, the, as there's great persecution happening for the disciples, they were forbidden to speak in the name of Jesus anymore. And of course, they're like, you know what? We can't help it. We're going to keep talking about Jesus. We just saw a man raised from the dead. We're going to tell people about that. And in Acts 4.13, it says, as they were brought on trial, it says, the members of the council who were trying them, they were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary people, ordinary men with no special training in scriptures, but they also recognized them uh, as men who had what? Been with Jesus. It was like they recognized these guys. They'd, they'd, there's no other reason why they'd have this boldness or be able to teach scripture with such a power. They've been with Jesus. They look like him. They sound like him. They have the same thing, and they're like, this is dangerous. We thought we killed the Jesus and now it's like there's a whole bunch of little Jesus uh, all around here, and, and they look like him. My question for us this morning is, could people say that about me? Could people say that about you? Wow, that person, man, if, if I could picture Jesus, that's what, the, that's what he would look like. That's what he would sound like. Man, <laughs> that's what he would act like and live like. It's a sobering thought, isn't it? You know, sometimes it's like, well, I don't know how. How can we look and sound and act and live like Jesus? Well, as you read through your Bible, you find that Paul wrote a letter to the Galatians, and he was talking to them about this idea of, you know, you can try and keep rules and try and act out from the outside. He says, it'll never work. It'll never work. He says, you'll never, you'll never be able to do that. You'll be in bondage to these, these laws and legalism and rules and rituals of religion. He said, you know, the key is living, living in relationship with Holy Spirit. Just put all your focus on that. And the rest of it will happen. Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, last point, walk in step with Holy Spirit. Walk in step with Him. In Galatians 5, 25, it says, if we live, and the words live, if we're alive in the Spirit. So this is for followers of Jesus. People who know, yeah, He's saved me. There's something changed on the inside of me when I put my faith in Christ. I, I'm alive inside. He says, for you, if you are alive in, in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. And some of we just read that and like, let us walk. I'm like, okay. But as you look into the, to what the word means, the idea of this word is that you walk in step. It's like a military term, a military line. I remember on Remembrance Day, as we were putting the wreaths and we did the remembrance service and we all, after the service, walked out, just regular church people walking out and then walking down the road in a military line. It's the funniest thing ever. As you're walking, there's Russ Beauravage. He's in Haiti right now. But Russ was uh, there and all of a sudden he's leading, the, leading this whole procession saying, lift, 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 right, lift. And you've got all these non-military trained people trying to do that. And it's like they're different heights. You're like trying to little short legs guys like twice to two steps to every long leg guy. And it's like this thing. And I I'm in there, I'm like, I don't know what to do. And they're all making fun of each other. And I'm like, okay, so just watching the person, you know, in front of me to see what that, what that left, right, left, it's, it's more like this. That's more like walking down the aisle as a bridesmaid. But the, uh, the, the, the left, 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 and as you watch other people, you begin to match stride with them. And by the end, by the time you get to the place, you're there. 
Then the unfortunate thing is I didn't learn quite enough because then I had to go put a wreath by myself with the marshal. And so I walk up there with the wreath. All of a sudden he's like, he starts marching and he's got perfect form. And, and I'm watching him like, you know, dance all the way there. To, and I'm just so red because I'm like, I just don't want to look dumb. Don't look dumb. Don't look dumb. And I'm like, ah, I look dumb. Put the wreath and wander back. Very somber, right, about what the moment. And, but just... This idea of watching somebody is how you stay and keep in step. And for some of you, you're like, you're not military, but you're more like line dancing. You know, line dancing, it's that same idea. You always know the person who doesn't know how to line dance, the one looking at the other person beside each other. But they're up there, and they're looking. And I would challenge you. You're like, well, I'm not sure about this whole idea of keeping step with the Holy Spirit. I don't know. I would challenge you, and what these verses are challenging you is to look, to be aware Walk, keep in step, is be aware of Holy Spirit as much as possible. If you forget everything, remember this thought. This challenge for each of us is to be aware of Holy Spirit in our lives as much as possible. There's a guy named Brother Lawrence, 17th century. He was a monk. He wrote, a, he wrote out his thoughts, and they turned it into a book called Practicing the Presence of God. And all he did, he realized one day, is that he says, you know what, if, if God is with me, if that's true, then he's with me when I'm peeling potatoes, and I'm going to think about that while I'm peeling potatoes. And he's with me when I'm cleaning the latrine. Well, I'm going to think about that while I'm cleaning the latrine. And he's with me while I'm praying. I'm going to think about that while I'm praying. He's with me all the time. So my challenge to you is what would your everyday look like if you thought about the fact that Holy Spirit was with you in every moment and in everything? What would that look like? Feeding pigs with Holy Spirit. Driving truck with Holy Spirit. Making car parts with Holy Spirit. What would it look like? Benny Hinn wrote a book years ago that I, that I wrote. It was just, I, I wrote, I read it. Um, and as I read it, it just was this thing, this idea. Of, uh, the book was called Good Morning, Holy Spirit. That as he woke up, the very first thing he did that every day was intentionally saying, Good morning, Holy Spirit. I recognize that you're always with me. I was sleeping, but you weren't. You know, good morning. I know that I'm doing today with you. I'm not alone. I'm doing today with you. What would that look like? To just be aware of him more often. Just intentionally being aware that he said he's always, he's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's with you. He's in you. I don't feel nothing. He's not a feeling. He's with you. To say, okay, I'm going to be more aware of the fact that you're with me. It'll change the way you pray. For so many of us, we pray, you know, so many times in, in, in Christian faith, it's like you pray yeah, God, you know, I want to hear your voice. I'm listening. God, why don't you speak to me? Okay, I'm praying. Okay, God, I'm here. I'm praying. I'm listening. Talk to me. Fine. Don't talk to me then. You know, I knew it doesn't work. It's so often. Maybe it's not as, a, as abrupt for you, but I've heard you guys describe it to me that way so many times. Do you know what? Too often we're coming to him on our terms, and we're like, it's like kids, you know. Dad, tell me the surprise now or else. My, my kids will do that to me. Like, we got a surprise. You tell me or else. I'm like, else what? Uh, just tell me or else. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to tell you because it's going to be better when I show you. And for so many people, it's like, Jesus, God, tell me, tell me now. i got to hear your voice now. And if you don't prove yourself now, then you're not real or else. You know, we're like, or, or else what? Like, I'm, I'm God. I know what you need to hear when you need to hear it. The thing is this, if we would keep ourselves in that spot of always being aware, you'll hear him when he's ready to talk. You'll be in that place where you're listening for his voice all the time, that, he's re that you're ready when he's talking. You know, I, I, there's this, uh, we're going to Haiti tomorrow, and um, there's, um, 
a lady uh, down there at the place where Logan came from. You may know him. He's from our Saturday nights. Uh, Mark and Krista, I believe, are adopting a child from there. It's called God's Littlest Angels. And uh, as we, as uh, I've been corresponding with her, she's one of the ones sending a team. She sent me these emails about stuff. And then she had this tagged on the end of her email. It said this, don't turn to God only when you need something. Turn to him often, and he'll already be there when you're in need. You know that idea, don't turn to God only when you need something. Turn to him often. He'll already be there when you're in need. It's not that he was anywhere. It's that idea that we're in that spot. So Paul said to them, keep in step. Be aware of Holy Spirit in your life every day. Don't go too fast. Don't go too slow. Just that awareness of him. He was saying it about this, Galatians 5 verse 16, our last scripture for today. It says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. He's that idea of walk with him as a, as a guide. He's taking you somewhere. And then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. He's like, if you'd realize and just be aware of him, you, you, the, the, the things in your life that your sinful nature desires, he says, you're not going to do them. You know why? It's really hard to sin when you realize that Holy Spirit's there. It's like, Holy Spirit, I know you're here with me, but just turn your eyes the other way so I can look at this on the internet. Holy Spirit, I know you're with me, but just close your ears because I'm going to cuss that person out. Holy Spirit, just plug your ears because you know you would have said the F word too if this happened to you. You're like nervous laughter. Like, what does he say? Nobody would ever do that. Exactly. <laughs> if you're aware of Holy Spirit's presence in your life all the time, he just says, he says, don't, don't try and stop sinning. You can't. You can't. If you focus on me, you won't want to. You've got me with you all the time, every part of every day. And he says this in verse 19, when you follow the desire, when you follow that, when you like follow that aspect of your life, he says the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity. He's talking about sex outside of marriage, sex before marriage. Um, he says, you know, these are some of the things, lustful pleasures. He says idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger. You didn't plan that outburst of anger. It just happens, you know. Um, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy. You didn't plan. I'm just going to get up and I'm going to want what my neighbor has. You know, I just really wish I had Bob's car. You know, it's not that it doesn't work that way. You, it's just something that comes from the inside. Drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. He says, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then he says this, but, don't get stuck there, but Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in your life a byproduct of just relationship with him is all of a sudden it changes your life. He says the fruit in your life is love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He says when we have those kind of things, you don't need any kind of laws or rules. He says you'll just automatically live that out. Some of you try to, so hard to get that in your life. He's like, just focus on relationship with me. It's the benefit of relationship with Holy Spirit is these byproducts in your life. If we're not intentional about a relationship with Holy Spirit, if we're not intentional about making that deeper, or if we push against it and we resist it, the only other option is for us to follow our own sinful desires. The only option is to live our lives for us, and it's to our own detriment, he says. Relationship with him will change us for the better, and it'll affect everyone else around us. It'll affect your families. Can you imagine marriages where it's like, you know, just because I'm focusing on Holy Spirit, I've got greater love for my wife, greater patience for my kids, greater kindness, greater gentleness greater faithfulness. So in conclusion, in closing today, how's your relationship with Holy Spirit? Just ask yourself that. How is my relationship with Holy Spirit? I'm not asking you as much as I'm asking myself. Like, well, I didn't know, you know. I haven't seen like, you know, manifestations or gifts. But I'll tell you this. 
The greatest evidence of Holy Spirit's power is a changed life. The greatest evidence of Holy Spirit's power is a changed life. And so the challenge for you today is this. Would you be intentionally aware of him this week? Would you just take and maybe like a whole week? How about a day? Would you take aside today to become just intentionally aware of him? As you go from this place, knowing that he promised he'll be with you, would you just go from today saying, okay, God, if you're with me, what, what does that mean for me today? I'm just aware, Holy Spirit, I know you're with me today. As I'm driving from here, I'll slow down. Holy Spirit, you're with me here today. Whatever it is, Holy Spirit, I want to be aware that you're with me. Maybe for you, it's like, you know what? I want to learn more about him. Just go and Google verses on Holy Spirit and begin to read and study your Bible to know more about him so that you may know him more. Begin to initiate conversation with him and saying, Lord, I know you're here. I know, and I'm, here's, you know, can I share my day with you? I got a question, Lord. You take your time, but when you're ready to answer, here's what I'm asking. And don't worry about the silence in return because it doesn't have to happen in that moment. It's like, I'm living with you every day. I just want to be aware. And when, he sh- when you feel something on the inside that says, ah, I need to share that. Saw it this morning. Sarah had that, that very moment where it's like, uh, Sarah, I need you to say this. Like, okay. Holy Spirit speaking, would you be obedient to walk that out? Because it matters for somebody. It matters for somebody. Would you be aware of his presence in your life this week? And through that, maybe we have the chance to develop the intimate relationship that he paid an incredible price for. Challenge to you, it's a challenge to me. As you walk out from this place knowing that he's with you. And for some of you here, you're not followers of Jesus. He gives you the opportunity not to join a church, not to join a bunch of, find new rules for your life, not to make your life boring, but to get to know God. If you're interested in that this morning, please come talk to us after. We'll explain a little bit more about that. But today, I challenge you with that thought to go out and live your life, whatever it looks like, aware of Holy Spirit. Can we pray? Holy Spirit, Thank you that we can even have this conversation and thank you that we can, we can even be here this morning to celebrate Jesus alive and powerful. Thank you this morning that you know how to speak to each and every one of our hearts. And So, Father, I just pray for every person here that that one thing, that one step that you're taking us on, that, that you reveal in our, in our hearts and lives, would you give us the courage to walk that out this week? Holy Spirit, I pray you remind us that you're there. Would you help us to think and be reminded about the fact that you're with us always and that it's limitless what can happen when we become aware of that. Thanks for inviting us into relationship with you and thanks for paying the way for it. May we live that out to the best of our abilities and in, in, in your incredible grace. Thank you for that. We love you. Thanks for loving us. It's in your name, for your glory we go. Amen.